Well, good morning, everybody. Good to see you. Hope you had a nice week. Hope the kids are excited. Traffic's terrible. Right? So just kind of brace yourself. Get prayed up before you get on 281 or 410 or I-10 or any road in this city. (laughs) Terrible. Well, this morning I want to talk to you about He is awesome. And then at the end of the service, we're going to do something in celebration of that and in confidence that we believe it's true. Job chapter 26, verse 5 through verse 14. I'm reading out of the Amplified Bible. The spirits of the dead tremble underneath the waters and all of their inhabitants. Sheol, the underworld, the place of the dead, is naked before God, and Abaddon, the place of destruction, has no covering from God's eyes. It is God who spreads out the north over emptiness and hangs the earth on nothing. He wraps the waters in His clouds, which otherwise would spill onto the earth all at once, and the cloud does not burst under them. He covers the face of the full moon and spreads His cloud over it. He has inscribed a circular limit, the horizon, on the face of the waters as a boundary between light and darkness. The pillars of heaven tremble and are terrified at God's rebuke. He stirred up the sea by His power, and by His understanding He smashed Pound Rahab. By His breath the heavens are cleared. His hand has pierced the swiftly fleeing serpent. Yet all of these are just fringes of His ways, mere samples of His power, the faintest whisper of His voice. Who can contemplate the thunder of His full mighty power? That verse in Job 26 verse 14 in the Message Bible says, and this is only the beginning, a mere whisper of His power. I mean, what would happen if He raised His voice, if that's only a whisper? So let me postulate something this morning, and then I want to try to prove it. If God is awesome, you're not. Neither is your team, your church, your city, or nation. See, if you're awesome, God isn't. So let's settle that right now. If God is presented as mighty as seen in His creation, and Job says that all the stuff that impresses us that we see and that scientists still haven't figured out, God says uh, that stuff is just the minor things. It's just a whisper of my power. It's kind of hard to get people to think about trusting God when they don't actually realize how incredibly awesome, how great, how big He is. So my hope in this brief message is that it'll hit you today that our God is an awesome God and that He is incredible. God says stuff like this, anything too hard for me? Now that's like a parent asking a child, do you want a whipping? You're not really asking a question, are you? No, no, no. Anything too hard for me? I mean, God thinks He's the baddest, most awesome God there is. The prophet Isaiah said, talk to God this morning. He said, if there's another God, He don't know about it, and He knows everything. One of the ways to measure or evaluate the significance of something is to look at what that something or someone produces. So for example, God created the sun. It's the most significant expression in our solar system. 
It is a self-luminous celestial body consisting of a mass of gas held together by its own gravity in which the energy generated by nuclear reactions in the interior is balanced by the outflow of energy to the surface. Did you get that? Kind of reminds me of the little boy sitting in the back of his car. And he said, Daddy, I bit into this apple and it turned brown. What happened? And his dad said, son, when oxygen hit that apple, you set in process a reaction called chemical oxidation. And that apple has started to deteriorate. And the little boy, quiet for a moment, said, Daddy, are you still talking to me? (laughs) The sun is a star, and it's one of the smallest stars in our solar system. In one second, the sun produces more energy than all of mankind has produced since creation. It is the source of heat, light, and it sustains life on planet Earth. It's 92.5 million miles from Earth. It's 330,000 times the mass of Earth. It's 864,000 miles in diameter. And the sun, well, it's just an average star in our galaxy called the Milky Way. There are some stars in our galaxy that are a hundred times the size of our sun. There are more than a hundred billion stars just in our galaxy. A galaxy is a group of hundreds of millions of stars orbiting around a center. There are over 60 billion galaxies in our universe, and they're still counting. And the further out the Hubble Space Telescope goes and looks, the more it sees. The largest galaxy known has 13 times as many stars as our Milky Way. You could drive a car from planet Earth to Pluto at 65 miles an hour, and it would take you 7,000 years to get there. Or from 1604 to Marshall Road, about the same. That's why I appreciate you so much. If you were traveling that distance at the speed of light, you could be there in five hours. The speed of light's about 186,000 miles per hour. And if you could traverse our galaxy at the speed of light, it would take you 100,000 years to go from one side to the other, and that's just one galaxy out of 60 billion, and moving at 186,000 miles a minute. You know, in the past, scientists thought there was nothing faster than the speed of light. But God says, while you were praying, I answered you. Before you called, I heard you. So it seems prayer travels just a little bit faster than the speed of light. Come on, somebody. We're talking about the greatness of God. And I'm talking about just His minor things, the whisper of His power. We haven't even gotten to the big stuff yet. This is just the lint on His fringe. The Milky Way, we said, is about 100,000 light years across. That's 600,000 trillion miles across. If the Milky Way were the size of the North American continent, our solar system, the Milky Way, would only be the size of a saucer. Our galaxy is only one of over 60 billion galaxies. One astronomer estimates that there are more planets in the universe than blades of grass on Earth. Holy moly, we may not be alone. Yeah. 10 million trillion stars in space, more than all the sand on our seashores. If all the stars were divided among over 6 billion people on planet Earth, 
we'd all get about two trillion stars each. A light year is the distance light travels in a vacuum in one year. It's theoretically because nobody ever followed it. Hello? 5.88 times 10 to the 12th power. That's 5.88 trillion miles in one year. That's the speed of light. That's moving, folks. Think about the ocean. Cover 71% of planet Earth. Average depth, 16,000 feet. Take something as simple as thunder. Thunder is the explosive sound produced by ordinary lightning discharge. The lightning bolt quickly heats the air around it to such a high temperature that the air molecules are pushed apart with such force it produces a sound wave. An average thunderclap can produce the same energy as a 20 kiloton nuclear warhead. Take something like lightning. A simple bolt of lightning, if harnessed, could serve the power needs of a city of over 100,000 people for four years. And lightning is flashing once a second all around the earth. Scientists still call floods, earthquakes, tornadoes, and hurricanes acts of God. Yep, your insurance policy is not an atheist. How about that? Mm -mm. A tornado. A tornado is a rotating column of air, usually accompanied by a funnel-shaped downward extension of cumulonimbus cloud. By the way, I got an A in meteorology in college, so I can say these big words, all right? And having a vortex several hundred yards in diameter, it can whirl at speeds of up to, so far, 350 miles per hour. Tornadoes have a special fondness for trailer parks. Now, having said that, listen to Genesis 15, verse 1. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision and said, Do not be afraid, Abraham. I am your shield and your exceeding great reward. This is God talking to a man. Listen to Ephesians 1, verse 15 through 19. Paul says, After I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto us the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him, that the eyes of your understanding might be enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of His calling, what are the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of His power towards us who believe according to the working of His mighty power. So when people ask, can God do something, you can say, well, as I've been exploring the minor things of His power, it seems your little request does not amount to a whole lot. Verse 20, which He worked in Christ when God raised Him from the dead and seated Him at His right hand in heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion, and every name that's named, not only in this age, but in the age that is to come. The writer of Hebrews chapter 3 says, just as the builder of a house has greater honor than the house, every house is built by somebody, but God is the builder of everything. So if all around us we are awed and we're impacted by all kinds of beautiful things, I mean, sunsets still move us, hurricanes still scare us, tornadoes pull nails out of boards, and there are some people who chase them. God bless you, my child. 
Our God is an awesome God. Okay, okay. But so what? I mean, so what, Rick? I mean, the data and information and statistics are quite impressive. But what has that got to do with me or with us? Well, remember I told you there are 10 million trillion stars, more than all the sand on all the beaches on earth. And if they were divided among us, I said all of us would get about 2 trillion stars each. Listen to Isaiah, verse 40, verse 25 and 26. God speaking, to whom will you compare me? Who is even my equal? Asked the Holy One. Look up into the heavens. Who created all those stars? Bring, God brings them out one after another, calling each one by name. Ten million trillion. I cannot remember my children's birthday. And he counts them to see that none are lost or have strayed away. Now, there's something pretty awesome and powerful about a God who can keep up with His amazing creation. Now, Isaiah 40, verse 27 through 31. Why do you say, O Jacob, and why do you speak, O Israel, that my way is hidden from the Lord, and my judgment is passed over my God? Have you not known, have you not heard, that the everlasting God, the Lord, the Creator of the ends of the earth, does not faint, neither gets tired, neither is there no searching of His understanding? He, this great God, gives power to the faint, and to them that have no might, He increases strength. Even young people shall faint and grow weary, and young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. And we say, God, how can you do that? He says, look, if I can keep up with the stars, I can keep up with you, Jack. God said, I got all these galaxies in the universe moving at the speed, at the rate of about a million miles per hour. And if I can handle that kind of traffic, I can handle your little problem. And I think, folks, today, if we could catch a perspective of the awesomeness of this God, you'd stop whimpering and certainly worrying about what's going on in your life. Old Testament saints would always exclaim, God can do it. But if He doesn't do it, it doesn't mean He can't do it. Uh, here's a proof text, Hebrews, uh, the three Hebrew children, uh, back in the book of Daniel, are to go into a fiery furnace. As they're going into the furnace, the king asked them, you guys changed your mind about bowing down to my golden idol? No, we hadn't changed our minds. They said, the God we serve is able to deliver us. But look, O king, if he chooses not to deliver us, it doesn't mean he can't. It just means he's got a better option for me. I love this. See, this God can manage 10 million trillion stars in space. I'm talking about a big God, a God who doesn't believe there's anything too hard for Him, who says, is there anything too hard for me? Sort of a dirty, hairy prayer. Go ahead, make my day. Give me something too hard. He can raise the dead, back the sun up 10 degrees, hold it still for Joshua while he defeats the enemy, open the womb of a, of a, a virgin without a, a human father, can uh, make a 90-year-old woman pregnant with a 100-year-old man without any kind of chemical or drug. I'd like to have a little bit of that. Say, touch me, Lord. <laughs> well, it can happen. It did happen. 
He can open the Red Sea. He can feed you with some dirty birds. He can give you manna from heaven, water from a rock. He can raise the dead. I mean, tell me, he says, what is it I can't do? What is it I can't do? You know, so what's wrong with your dishwasher or your car? And you're worried about your kid, and God's got the whole world in his hand. He says, look, your boy is not a problem to me. He's a problem to you. And if you'll get your eyes off of him, get it on me, he'll stop being a problem to you. Now listen to Second Chronicles chapter 20. Stay with me just a few more moments. King Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, is surrounded by the Ammonites, the Moabites, and the Mount Seir. These great armies have come against them to destroy them. They're outnumbered, three to one. They don't have a prayer. And now they're asking for unconditional surrender. So here's King Jehoshaphat. He says he goes out and he stands in the congregation of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court, and he says, O Lord God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? And do you not rule over all the kingdoms and nations of this earth? And in your hand is there not power and might so that no one is able to withstand you? He's not even describing the bad dudes that are about to eat him up. He's sitting here bragging on God. And God says, to say to God, I realize that what's before me is diddly squat to you. That's what we say in the South, diddly squat. Jehoshaphat says, Lord, you're the creator. You put over 60 billion galaxies in the universe. You've got each galaxy moving through space at over a million miles an hour. You are personally responsible for 10 million trillion stars you've named. So who are these guys that have come up against them? He makes God big. It's what David said in the Psalms, magnify the Lord. Now when you magnify God, you make him big. But when you already have a big God and you magnify a big God, help us, Lord, you get a bigger God. You get it? And God enjoys when you brag on Him. He enjoys when you celebrate Him, when you affirm Him, when you exalt Him. It says in Scripture, He takes pleasure in the praises of His people, and some of you won't even sing. He takes pleasure. The Bible says He inhabits the praises of His people. The more you praise, the more He comes. Say, you just think, well, I get that out of the way and listen to the Word. No, no, no. Sometimes the big deal is the praise that brings God into a situation. And when He comes in His presence, He can make a crummy message real good. Yep. So Joshua, Jehoshaphat says to God, got a big army out there, Lord. But let me tell you, God, how big I think you are. And now, God, how are you going to deal with these folks? And God says, Jehoshaphat, tell you what. I'm going to roll up my sleeves, and I want to get you to give me some music. I'm going to have a whooping party. Jehoshaphat, you and the people praise me here. I'll work for you up there where they are. You won't even have to fight in this battle. Somebody has says, when praises go up, blessings come down. So Jehoshaphat sang, and the people sang. And God says, you sing, I'll fight. You worship, I'll whip them. If you declare that I am the great God, I'll say to them, get your hands off my people. Get your hands off my land, and I will make it happen. Verse 22, and when the people began to sing and to praise the Lord, 
the Lord set ambushments against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, and they were totally defeated. And all the people did was to praise and rejoice before God. Some people have gotten healed in the middle of praise. They didn't have to wait 430 verses of alleluia, alleluia. They had to wait for somebody in a white suit to lay hands on them. I'm exaggerating a little bit. Just, I'm trying to say some of you got a way you have to do it. And I'm saying God can just do it in spite of any request you make. People suddenly delivered, suddenly things changed just in the midst of exaltation and praise to this great God. He says, you praise me, I'll go up there and make it happen. That was kind of interesting. Didn't even, combat warriors didn't even have to fight. So when you understand the greatness of God, you understand how powerful He is to help us so that no matter what you are facing, even if your opposition is Satan himself, please remember, He's created. God made Him too. And whenever God wants to and often does, He can jerk His chain and hold Him back. He told Eve, and we get glimpses of that, even with Job, when Satan says, let me touch him. And God says, I'll let you touch him, but you can't kill him. He was restrained. So you have to know what's going on in your life. If you're a believer, Satan is restrained, or he'd kill you outright dead. He is restrained. He doesn't have unlimited, unfettered access to your life. So no matter what you're facing, God can pull him back. David said, great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised. Jeremiah 32, verse 13, uh, 17 says, Ah, Lord God, you made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. There is nothing too difficult for you. And over in the New Testament, Gabriel comes to a teenage girl named Mary, and he tells her of her potential to become the mother of the Son of God. And Mary, like any young person, is trying to figure out, well, I'm a virgin. How's this going to happen? That's impossible. And Gabriel said, Mary, when you say yes, the power of the highest will come upon you, and the same Holy Spirit that brooded over the earth in Genesis in creation will brood over your womb and produce in you the Son of the living God. You say, that's impossible. And it happened. Luke chapter 1, verse 36, Gabriel just throws in a closing word. Oh, by the way, your cousin Elizabeth, the, the old maid, the one they said was barren and old, and that it was impossible, I'm quoting Scripture, it was impossible for her to conceive. Uh, by the way, she's now in her sixth month of pregnancy in her old age. Verse 37, for with God, nothing is impossible. Do you realize that this morning some of you are really in an hour or day of trouble? And you need to hear this. There is absolutely nothing impossible with God. Don't say this is impossible. No, no, no. It's impossible. When he gets in it, the impossible is meaningless. And we have enough Scripture to give us hope and encouragement. And all I need is just a little squirt of hope to push me through some big challenges. Just a little dash of hope. And that's why He gives us these, so you don't lose hope and you don't faint. Now, last verse. Psalms 50, verse 15. God says, I hope you're listening, call on me in your day of trouble 
and I will deliver you, and you shall honor me. Because after I do it, you're going to give a testimony about it. You're going to give Satan more trouble. You're going to give hope to other people who will follow in your footsteps. Call on me in your day of trouble, and I will deliver you. When the doctor says you're sick beyond medical help, I will deliver you. When your business fails, I will deliver you. When you lose your job, I will deliver you. When the hounds of hell surround you to eat your flesh, I will deliver you. Folks, say with me, God will deliver me. One more time, God will deliver me. That is a fact. So we're going to do something right now. Some of you are under attack, and some of you are in a day of trouble. And so I'm going to list a number of things, and we're going to call on this awesome God that we just talked about and describe just some of His minor things, and He's inviting us to come to that source of power. There are people that could not help us, but there's a God who can always help us, so I can bring the impossible to Him. So if you want health or healing in your body this morning, stand up right now, wherever you are. Just stand up and make this confession with me, and don't mumble it. Shout it out as we say it together. Say, Lord Jesus, I make this confession in faith believing. You are my Lord and Savior. You are my great physician. You are my healer. By your stripes, I am now being healed. By your precious blood, I have victory over every sickness and disease. You have set before me life and death. I choose life. You have set before me blessing and cursing. I choose blessing. I will not fear, for you are with me. Your word is my strength, my fortress and my high tower. My body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. I will praise you. I will declare your greatness. I will bless your name forever. Those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. I shall not die, but I shall live and declare the works of God. I praise you, Lord, that the victory is mine in Jesus' name. Now give him a good shout. Give him a good shout. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now you be seated. Please be seated. Those of you that may be under attack, now some of you may have to stand more than once, but you're under attack and need protection, then I want you to stand right now. Go ahead. Just take a moment and stand. Remember, Jesus Christ is the high priest of our confession. So we make the profession of His Word. We never pray in error, and He watches over that Word to perform it. So I want you to shout with me as well. Say, Heavenly Father, I make this proclamation in faith believing. You are my light and my salvation. Of whom shall I be afraid? You are the strength of my life. I shall not fear when the wicked come against me to eat my flesh. My enemies and foes shall stumble and fall. Though an army gather against me, 
my heart shall not fear. In this will I be confident, that I will dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. Mm -mm -mm. Therefore, I will offer the sacrifices of joy. I will sing praises unto the Lord, for the victory is mine this day in the name of Jesus. You lift my head above my enemies. You scatter my enemies a thousand ways, though they come at me seven ways. So I praise you for deliverance in Jesus' name. Now a good thank you, praise to the Lord. Always thank Him. Always thank Him. All right, now those of you that need a new beginning in your finances or prosperity, you stand right now. Go ahead, stand up all over this auditorium, and I want you to say with me again. Boy, I see you're getting active and you're getting involved. You're putting your will in your mind. Say, Heavenly Father, I make this proclamation in faith believing. It is the Lord that gives me power to obtain wealth. It is the Lord who will plant me by rivers of living water, so my leaf shall not wither, and whatever I do shall prosper. You will make me the head and not the tail. You will give me houses I did not build, vineyards I did not plant, and wells I did not dig, because I have honored you with my living and giving. The harvest will return to me exceedingly abundantly above all I can ask or imagine. The harvest will be pressed down, shaken together, running over. I will be blessed going out, blessed coming in, blessed in the country, blessed in the city, blessed in my basket, best in my store. God will force Satan to restore to me sevenfold all that he has stolen. I declare my harvest is coming and that it will be an abundant harvest coming from God, the giver of every perfect gift. And I thank you, Lord, for a new beginning. Now I want everybody to stand. We're going to make this confession. This is going to cover everything. You with me? Say, Lord Jesus, I make this proclamation in faith believing. We overcome Satan when we testify to what God's Word says that the blood of Jesus has done for us. Through the blood of Jesus, I am redeemed out of the hand of the devil. Through the blood of Jesus, all my sins are forgiven. Through the blood of Jesus, I am continually being cleansed from all sin. Through the blood of Jesus, I am justified, made righteous, made innocent, just as if I had never sinned. Through the blood of Jesus, I am made holy. I am sanctified, set apart to God. Through the blood of Jesus, I have boldness to enter into His presence. Through the blood of Jesus, God is in heaven, interceding on my behalf, 
Satan has no place in me, no power over me, no claims against me. It's all been settled at the cross. Through the blood of Jesus, I am free. Now listen carefully. King David, after his profession, says, Therefore will I offer sacrifices of joy in his tabernacle and give praises to God. So for 30 seconds, let's all do it. Just thank you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you for deliverance. Thank you for healing. Thank you for prosperity. Thank you our enemies will fail. Thank you every word, curse, judgment, or slander will fall to the ground. Thank you what the enemy intended for evil. You will work for our good. We praise you, our great God, our Redeemer, our Savior, and our Lord. We shout praises to the only God, the only King, and the only Savior, our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Woo! Amen. Thank you. You can be seated. Well, shoot, I feel better. You feel a little bit of heaviness come off of you there? Boy, the enemy hates that. You just roll Satan off of your life like a beach ball. I mean, everybody making a confession of quoting Scripture is powerful. And every time Jesus fought with the enemy, He quoted Scripture. And so that you can sing it in praise, or you can preach it, or you can just recite it. But He is the high priest of our profession, our confession. Remember, He says in Jeremiah, I will watch over my word and perform it. So if you're saying what God isn't saying, Satan watches over our words to perform that so that what I feared comes upon me. So you want to make sure you're saying what God's saying, not what your aunt said, not what your friend said, not what your ex-husband said, what God says. And you'll never be in error, and then God can have His perfect way and will in your life. Don't you dare give up without a fight. Don't you give up till you die. Don't even think about it. We got a powerful God who can do anything, just anything. So it's like, hey, chill, chill. It's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. Let's, let's let Satan get on his smartphone calling 911. I need help, quick. Let's be spiritual terrorists in the righteous sense, terrorizing hell. Amen. For more information on Summit Christian Center and Rick Godwin, visit SummitSA.com and connect with us on social media.